सहनावतु सहनो भुनक्तु सह वीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मेदावै ओ शाशाशाते गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्मा तस्म श्रीगुरव नम तस्म श्रीगुरव नम ट्वेंटी थर्ड श्लोक रिपीट आफ्टर मी गुरुर्गुरुतमो धाम सत्य सत्य पराक्रम निमिषो निमिषस्रग्वी निमिषस्रग्वी वाचस्पतिदारधी गुरु is a word that we saw yesterday that every experience can become a teacher provided we have our minds open <clears throat> it starts from a very young age of conditioning wherein we carry the i think it starts with the chemical imbalance and in from right from that age we start thinking that attitude is called ikea attitude what is ikea attitude i know it already <clears throat> or if you want to go with the uh, ikea company name and that spelling i know everything already either which way so the attitude or that attitude stops us from learning from our own various experiences now at that situation when we carry the attitude that i know everything already there is nothing more to learn or what can anybody teach me anyway and these kinds of attitudes <clears throat> then we require some one person and that one person is called guru uttama or we recognize it with another word as sadguru <clears throat> that one person who ends up becoming our guide philosopher friend uh, confidant 
everything. And such one is called Guru Uttama. And in order to find that, as I was joking yesterday, that there is no website www.eguru.com that you can go put your specifications you know a guru you have your own image of how a guru should be or who a guru should be and give a physical description and see who fits in there there is no such system but instead <clears throat> All the scriptures have always indicated that let the student in you be born, let the intensity to learn be born and the moment that intensity reaches its threshold, that one who has to lead you through will appear automatically. It's like when the flower blossoms, does the flower announce on any billboard or any network or any media <coughs> that tomorrow I am going to bloom? Yea, you all bees, bumblebees, come. Everyone is invited. Does it announce for any kind of as soon as it blossoms, the bees find it. Similarly, as soon as the student in us is born, that guru comes. <clears throat> and of all the guru stotras, the most important one, and every, every bit of it is important, but most important is the third shloka that we chant. Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshwaraha, Guru Reva Parabrahma, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha, or Guru Sakshat Parabrahma, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Both are different patantaras and both mean the same. <coughs> so the Guru is invoked as Brahmaji, Guru is invoked as Vishnu, and Guru is invoked as Shiva. So, is he like a three-in-one? You know, in the past we used to have two-in-one. Do you remember two-in-ones? <clears throat> we used to have radio and the tape player with the recorder. So, that was called the two-in-one. That's how it was sold in India. <clears throat> so, is Guru somebody like a three-in-one? Why do we invoke him as Brahma, as Vishnu, as Shiva? We invoke him as Brahma because of his presence. See, Paramatma is Anadi, isn't he? Anadi, beginningless. This creation is also Anadi, is also beginningless. The Jiva Bhava that we are is also beginningless. All three of them are Anadi. Only Paramatma is Ananta. Ananta, that which does not have an end. The creation as well as the Jivatva has a definite end. <clears throat> so, Paramatma has already always been there 
and the jivatma also is always been there but to connect them both to say that you are that paramatma to create that inquisitiveness in that individual to make that individual into a seeker a guru is required because he creates that shishyatva or being the student being the disciple in us therefore he is called brahma creating a student is easy but in order to sustain that disciplehood is very difficult we may ridicule vishwamitra ji do you know vishwamitra ji in the ramayana <clears throat> how many times does he fall so what four times it is displayed it starts with the lady charm <laughs> and then he falls for her vishwamitra falls for her he gets distracted from his own discipline so the disciplehood in him falls 14 years he gets away from the track of sadhana and one fine day he recognizes where i am i stuck why am i stuck here shouldn't i be focusing on what i have started for and then he realizes that and then again starts streamlining his efforts <clears throat> there comes this trishanku so in that trishanku's world so he spends again entire tapashakti of his and sends him to swarga there indra says you are not qualified <clears throat> your visa is invalid so whenever you enter and your visa is invalidated where do you get back from where you have come so he is kicked back to bhuloka or earth so seeing him fall from the heavens our vishwamitra ji creates another swarga for him he takes it very personally you know i sent somebody and he was kicked it was like kicking me how dare you do that and he creates another uh, swarga behind this trishanku so there comes this uh, huge usage like in hindi they say dhobi ka kutta na ghar ka na ghat ka you know when you end up being neither here nor there in sanskrit it is like hanging in there like trishanku neither in the bhuloka nor in the swarga somewhere in between he is hanging upside down <clears throat> so it's his pride gets hit again he realizes his mistake again he starts his sadhana and last attack was done by ramba did you know that the first attack was by menaka now the last attack was done by ramba i said wait i know last time i felt trapped for this if you step any further and ramba takes him very lightly and she steps forward 
and she takes the water and he loses himself again to anger. First time he loses in Kama, this time he loses in Krodha. Then Ahankara in between. At these many times that he falls, the greatest inspiration is, though he falls, he is so resilient that he does not give up anything midway. So to become a seeker is very easy in comparison to the next stage. To consistently apply oneself in learning. So many things can be distraction, especially in today's world. First thing that I don't understand is when you step into any 13 plus year old's house or room, <coughs> it says you are not allowed in without permission. <coughs> he is living with permission in that house, permission of the parent. And there are ten commandments. Have you seen those ten commandments? Thou shall not enter the room without knocking. If you think that this was like a mini tornado, we had visited my room. My room is actually in a good shape. It could have been worse. There are various. Have you seen those commandments? Have you? Okay. <clears throat> it almost feels like you know I am uh, in tune with somebody today here, <coughs> right? <coughs> as soon as you step in there, there is this music blaring, what they call as music, and every generation has its own taste. Every generation, uh, generation's definition for music is different. You know, those who are in 60s and 70s, not born in 60s and 70s, those whose age is 60s and 70s, their definition of music was that uh, Sagal? <coughs> and then there is a generation of uh, Mohammad Rafi, then Kishore Kumar and uh, various musicians. And for every generation, the older generation looks a weird piece of music. And the next generation looks like a horrible music. So you enter into their room, you listen to this music and uh, it's usually that numbing music, not peaceful you go there, it's like somebody is getting into your ears and, uh, you know, blasting. So, you ask them, why do you need music? And their, their instant reply, it helped me focus. Right? <clears throat> This was such a common answer that I had to literally sit and meditate on that statement. What do they mean by when they say that? Because it doesn't help me focus. 
then I realized <clears throat> one day when I was experimenting with these loud noises called music, I realized something. I realized that what they mean by saying that it helps me focus is not necessarily focus. But it removes all other sources of distraction away. It may not necessarily bring focus in their mind. <clears throat> but all other distractions are eliminated out. In that eliminated environment, they have these what, 20 inches screens. And they have... Uh, one corner of Facebook chat or a Facebook upload or Facebook comments that they are following. Then there is a music app which was running the blaring music. Then there is uh, some chats and uh, you know text messages and uh, and again another common answer that you hear. What are you doing? Okay, let me ask you. What are you doing? Homework. You are right. <clears throat> See, there are enough distractions to stop the learning process itself. To start learning is easy. To become a seeker is easy. But in order to sustain that, there are enough distractions. And we are not that resilient enough as Vishwamitra, wherein you know, these many falls and we are ready to again reassemble ourselves and regroup our resources and then put our efforts into that. Therefore, we pray, O Lord, please sustain me in the form of a guru, sustain my disciplehood. Therefore, whose department is sustenance? Vishnu. Therefore, we invoke guru as a Vishnu. And then, <clears throat> the stubbornness, the arrogance, the stubbornness, the arrogance and uh, various, I don't know. Okay. That mic was for me, not for you. There was a little bug. <clears throat> okay. In order to maintain that sustenance as a... That also is easy. When compared to that which stops us from learning. There is the arrogance that I know it all. There is the childishness in every seeker to say that, you know, I don't trust anything until I experiment things. Every, every seeker goes through that. All this arrogance and pride has to be shattered. And therefore, we invoke the Guru whose job is shattering. It is Lord Shiva. Therefore, we invoke the Guru as Shiva as well. Requesting him to shatter all those which block us from learning, growing, 
and to realize our own true nature. And in order to do all these three steps, we require a personal tinkering machine, which can be called as Guru. Wherein every step of our life, see once that discipline is set in, wherein you can expand beyond a form to see every single experience as a guru. To reach to that state, then you don't require a form. Then what we see is guru as a guru tattva, the essence. But until then, we need that Sadguru to guide, to discipline and to mentor so that we can get into the right shape. Guru Hu, Guru Uttamaha. <clears throat> dhama, Dhama, the goal. Why do we need a mentor as a Guru? Because many a seekers, they start. You know, many people, they start with all good intentions. But what happens somewhere in between? All their intentions get lost. All their intentions get muddled up and they end up doing or achieving nothing. So, in order to be really successful, there is in one Vishnu Purana, there is a very beautiful statement. <clears throat> if I have to write down top 10 inspiring statements from scripture, that would be in the top 10. It says, Vishnoho Vismrutihi Sarva Dukhasya Karanam. All our miseries, all our dukkha is because Vishnoho Vismrutihi. Forgetting one's own true nature, which is the nature of Bhagavan Vishnu himself. That to be understood in the very second sentence, he says, Lakshasya Vismrutihi Api Dukhasya Karanam. And what should be our Laksha? It should be Laksha meaning the goal, Dhamma. The clarity to reach to that goal should be of the highest priority. Come what may, we should not lose sight of the goal. It's almost as funny as you, know, <clears throat> you have driven from here to Houston. Right? So, there are some rest areas. Some of these rest areas are really well maintained as well. So, instead of going to Houston, do you end up spending all your vacation time in that rest area? You may, you may get down, use the utilities that you have stopped there for, but you don't forget. Getting enticed with this rest area, you don't forget to get to your Lakshasthana. Now, similarly in life, what is the Laksha? What is the Dhamma? What is the final abode that we have to reach? Two goals. Dukkha Nivritti, Sukha Prapti. By, by putting the effort in removing all the uh, causes for Dukkha, what we receive is peace. In that platform of peace, 
वन कैन फाइंड सुख दिस इज दाइएस्ट प्रायोरिटी ना हाउ डू यू अचीव इट दैट गोल हैज टू बी क्लियर वाई डिड आई स्टार्ट दिस एफर्ट वेन आई स्टार्टेड on a very microcosmic level on a very small sector example we tell this same advice to our kids as well don't we think about it and when they take up some project and they have their homeworks or their project and various things what is our constant advice to them look son don't lose your focus you may go enjoy come back but make sure that that which is your focus is not lost don't we say that constantly the advice is being given again and again and again the scripture is also again and again trying to insist that the goal of our life has to be clearly embedded ingrained into our system that we never ever forget what is it that we have to achieve what is it that is the purpose of our life for many of us the entire life passes by without even realizing what should be the purpose of life there are some who dedicate it is again their vasana and pravritti nothing to be ridiculed here each one at their own pace you know some are said my purpose of life is to raise a good family so all the best because that pravritti that vasana is of that level even if you try to show them a better vision they would not be ready to buy in so once narada goes and asks bhagwan vishnu you know some of these devotees have some specific peculiar desires <coughs> tulsi ramayan has it in a different story but this other purana has it in a totally different twist so narada goes and he says uh, bhagwan you know you they say that in bhuloka when i travel that they talk about your maya shakti and i don't remember your maya shakti can you please uh, clearly show me what maya shakti actually means so bhagwan says tathastu and no sooner that he says that he is blessed to be born in the same avatar that bhagwan had taken once in fact the very first one so narada was born with the blessings of paramatma or blessings of that narayana as a pig where does a pig stay pig pen no, leave it to its own natural self <coughs> it lives in dirt mud puddles uh, in all kinds of dirty things 
that is where it it finds comfort and this pig starts growing in that environment now as the head of the family narada in that form <clears throat> he has about 12 piglets and uh, one i'm just taking the example this way don't take it to heart one sunday evening one weekend a nice bright sunny day neither too hot gentle breeze in the puddle with his wife with his you know with its few piglets that and he was all it's a wow what a life that i have that i have this puddle for all myself my family my children everybody is so happy and about half of or three fourth of the pig's life is done then bhagwan narayana comes so he taps on his shoulder <clears throat> mr narada have you had enough of maya will you come out now so he turns around and says who are you i don't remember you who are you and it is very strange nobody talks to pigs why are you talking to me <clears throat> and then paramatma explains that he had come asking for this particular you know to experience maya shakti and things like that this is uh, but you know this whole life is so beautiful as a with piglets with my wife with this little pool of and bhagwan says enough now get up will my children and wife also come <laughs> see this maya shakti meaning this world and its enticing nature of it is so enticing that we it's very easy to forget the goal so i like tulsi das ji's one song which guru ji also sings uh, very reverentially he says bhagwan meri naiya us paar laga dena oh lord please help me put this life boat of mine across to the other side of this samsara <clears throat> sambhav hai you know it is quite possible being in this world tujhko main bhool jaun it's quite possible that you know, i may forget you being in this enticing uh, world prapancha it's quite possible that i forget you parnath tum mujhe bhula na dena you don't forget me in the next paragraph he says संभव है दल बनकर यू नो द माया एंड इट एंड हर शक्ति कैन कम एज अ फोर्स दल बनकर सात घेरे मुझे एंड इट 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 इज लाइक यू नो कंप्लीटली एनवलपिंग मी एंड आई डोंट हैव अ स्कोप टू एस्केप झट आकर छुड़ा ले जाना 
don't keep waiting there i may not even remember to remember you at that moment but now at this moment i remember therefore i am praying unto you that don't keep waiting for that moment for me to pray and, and you know that gajendra had to after so many efforts had to really call out for say narayana and then you came down maybe i am not even as brilliant as gajendra to remember you in that moment i may not take your name but don't make that criteria for you, that a criteria for you to come down and protect me it is quite possible that we will forget it that the world prapancha is like that therefore we should take an extra measure to constantly keep this vision this purpose clearly ingrained in our system what is the purpose of life self realization dukha nivritti sukha prapti <clears throat> but swami ji what do you talk what do you tell to those people you know when you say hinduism is very selfish that they don't take care of their uh, world that they live in they only focus on their self realization even if the people that are around are going through pathetic situation see the best service that can be offered is only when you are on a strong platform stable platform the example that i usually give it is not to say that you shouldn't go out there and serve you can do a better service only when say supposing somebody is drowning when can you protect or how can you protect that person either you have a cell phone and cell phone has network <laughs> or you know swimming yourself if you do not know swimming but you have the heart you know all that matters is the intention so you have the heart to protect and you also jump in <clears throat> what will happen world population will be reduced by two numbers see in order to serve there is nothing wrong in service you should you must strengthen yourself and then jump into service there is nothing selfish about it that is the highest level of service wherein there is no hidden agenda you are not serving so that you can be recognized so that you can gain some name fame nothing is required you are already on that stable platform all that will be done is just as reaching one's own self in and through other forms but that goal has to be very clear in our mind so why do we require guru or sadguru in our life to constantly keep reminding us as to what is the direction what kind of path that we have to take there is quite a possibility that we get stuck stuck in our own marvelous uh, misconceived notions somebody has to keep whipping us from behind 
Now imagine, Paramatma takes that role also in the form of a guru to constantly keep guiding and showing that that is your goal. And that's why Vivekananji's that one particular poster has become so famous. Arise, awake, stop not till the goal is reached. It may be a small effort. It does not matter you know, the quantity of effort that you are putting. It may be the small quantity, but a huge quality wise that you are putting that effort. Keep putting it, that consistency. How long? As long as it takes to reach to that goal. Every day you sit to eat. How long do you eat? As long as it takes to feel that satiation in the stomach. Sometimes growing up as kids, we get so distracted with you know, toys, TV, computer or gadgets or books. We have to be constantly be reminded, eat, eat. That is where I feel, thank goodness, Bhagwan has put breathing as involuntary. Or else as parents, all that we would have done, or the only thing that we would have done, beta, breathe. Now that you have you know, inhaled, breathe out. You constantly keep nagging and reminding them. And we feel quite a suffering, suffocated when we do it for our own kids. Can you imagine that Paramatma in the form of Guru, in the form of that Dhamma, constantly keeps sending the reminders without getting agitated, without getting frustrated. Even as parents, we say that the parents' love is the highest. Paramatma's love for his, for his devotees is the highest. Why? The parents' love for the child can lead to sometimes to frustration. And I said, go, whatever is written on your forehead will happen. I have stopped bothering myself anymore. When you really get to that, that threshold sometimes, it's almost like, I give up. We may give up on our cared ones, loved ones. Paramatma never gives up. Once you do the mistake of turning towards Him, He makes sure that your steps constantly are taken towards Him. That is what He means by saying Dhamma, that He is the goal. They have given you different shades of meanings of the word dhamma or goal. <coughs> and the next word, satyaha, satyaha, the one who, the one reality of this entire creation. Nothing else is real. What is the reality? There is only one reality which is Paramatma. And the rest of it all, why is it unreal? 
is whenever we talk about this concept of reality and unreality, for today's generation, it kind of throws them off balance. How can you call, I can feel this, I can taste, I can touch, I can smell. How can you call all this as unreal? <clears throat> and that Paramatma which the scriptures claim, which you claim, which we have never experienced, and you call that as reality. It doesn't make sense. And there are some of them who take to the aggressive notes. I'll hit you. Tell me, you know, I'll, I'll really box you, punch you. If it is not real, you should not be able to feel it, right? <laughs> now, what does reality and unreality mean? Let us not get deviated from the main topic. Satya, that which is real. So, reality is defined from the standpoint More than defining it, I think example would make it clear. <clears throat> the scriptures claim and the master's experience claim that the entire universe, all that which we see, feel, taste, touch, smell, the entire universe is nothing but Paramatma, divine. Do we experience any bit of it? Do we see this world as Paramatma? Sometimes. Is it a feeling? So, the idea is, if every aspect of this creation is Paramatma, I am Paramatma. I am also a part of this entire creation. And I don't see this entire world as something other than me. Are you permeating all through your body? See, when the hair is there on the head, when that hair falls down, there is no cognition with that hair anymore. But as long as it is still there, you pull it, there is an ouch factor there. Pull your zone, okay? In and through the entire body, every part of it, I am permeating. Do I see any otherness in the body? We see only oneness with the entire body, right? Especially in the Indian tradition, when you end up giving something to somebody in the left hand, you are immediately corrected. Give it with your 
right hand. If somebody is trying to take it or grab it with their left hand, you pull it back and say, the other hand and give it in your right hand. So as growing up, I would always find it difficult. As much as I am good with my right hand, my left hand is equally good because both of which is nothing but my own extension. There is nothing wrong with my left hand was my argument. Because I feel that permeation and that, that oneness with everything. So others may see it as left or right, but I see it as my own expression. Do we find that oneness with regards to everything around? What you tried to explain was chosen moments. So whenever you talk about chosen moments, it already presupposes those moments which you have not chosen. It is not even all times and all spaces because time and space comes after consciousness. Do we find that oneness? Anything that we see something other than Paramatma, that otherness is called unreal. As yesterday we saw that everything that creates division, that which we see as something other than us, that otherness is called asatya or unreal. In a very broad sense, in a very broad sense. <clears throat> Say, I come from Andhra Pradesh, so I can start there as an example. Within Andhra Pradesh, there are three sectarian divisions. One talks about the Telangana. Then there is the Rayal Seema and there is other one which is the coastal belt. Three sectarian belts. And they, you know, when, when you talk to each other, they ridicule each other, they pull each other. Now when such you know, people from Andhra, when they cross their borders because of education, because of job or whatever, and supposing they are, they are living and working in Himachal Pradesh. Right from this area, directly up there. Where nobody speaks your native language, their customs are different, their traditions are different, their food habits, their clothing, how they wear, how they... Their culture is different, though they are all Hindu. There you come across somebody who speaks Telugu. You don't see divisions anymore. Whether they are from uh, the coastal belt or the dry belt or the... Uh, there is no such difference. You speak Telugu? I also speak Telugu. Glad to find another one. Did happen. But still, there is another difference. In this land, I don't know what they say, what they speak, 
It's all Hindi or you know their native language. It, you see the difference you know, between them. <clears throat> Say, supposing you you are an expat posted to Chile. Is it Chile or Chile or how do you pronounce that country? Chile? How do you pronounce it? Chile? Okay. And there you go. And the entire environment is different, the culture is different, the people are different, they look different. There you come across another brown skin. Another brown skin. There you are not even looking at it, you know, whether they are from Andhra Pradesh or from Himachal Pradesh. India? Me to India. All the other differences are forgotten. I was told you know, the stories <clears throat> that in the late 60s and early 70s when Indians started settling in Dallas you know you would reach across you see somebody there in the end of the mall you will run up to them you know exchange your numbers and maintain a directory invite them over stranger absolute stranger Why? You would transcend all the barriers of divisions. All that you see is just oneness. Indian. Supposing, have you seen Star Trek? Star Wars? <coughs> so based on that, there is you know, intergalactical truce. And right on the same deck, there are people from. volume I don't know why it's growing. <coughs> so there's an intergalactical truce, and there are on the same deck, there are people from different universes. All of them are on the same platform. There, you come across another Homo sapien. I am not even talking about earthling. Another Homo sapien. Another human being. You are also human being? Now my standpoint that I am trying to say is, do we need to step out into the galaxy to experience that oneness of humanity? Unless it becomes that pressured a situation that we end up, end up having to transcend all these differences. The highest commonality, that which connects everything unbindingly, is in the spiritual standpoint. That we are all one. 
there's absolutely no differences that sense of oneness beyond all divisions is the only truth and that truth is called satya now this entire explanation in a very simple language in sanskrit it is said trikala abadhita vastu <clears throat> in all three phases of or three times that which remains constant is called satya that which divides itself or finds change is called asatya or unreal and only paramatma tattva only satchidananda is that nature nature which is our own true nature which is unchangeable therefore it is called satya gurur guruta modhama satya satya parakramah and this satya is also the strength of every seeker <clears throat> now when we start arguing satya on the standpoint of opinions then we can prove many things disprove many things we are not talking from that peripheral level we are talking from that standpoint where the upanishad claims satyam eva jayate truth alone prevails nanrutam asatyam unreal cannot because unreal does not have a nature of sustenance only that which is truth only that which is and that becomes our strength come what may the one who is pursuing that ultimate truth sees every experience in life as a helping agency to grow out of various layers of our own attachments and sense of inadequacies so satya parakramah that which helps that which strengthens that which keeps us focused on the goal whatever be it <clears throat> sometimes the kind of focus that we have had while growing up as children or while growing up as students how many of you have studied here in this country you have been born in this country so you are disqualified <clears throat> so when i go to the universities i see two kinds of desis one i call them imported the other one homegrown so you would all come under the category of homegrown now i'm taking a specific uh, example of those who are fresh of the boat their resources are limited <clears throat> and with a, a very small income of what they whatever ta or uh, ra or whatever is the uh, role that they play whatever little income that they can make i am told anywhere between 5 600 dollars the the entire family is maintained 
you your uh, family your needs everything is maintained and i'm told that you still had you know maintained about 3 to 4 dollars because they say that in the olden days about 15 20 years ago to make a call back to india it used to cost about a dollar a minute two dollars a minute holy cow so you would still save about 4 to 8 dollars to at least speak couple of minutes and that 5 600 dollars was sufficient stayed focused that the the lack of or the absence of things never became a distraction when did it become a distraction when we started earning more than required then it is called in in hindi ninyanve ka chakkar that when you have 99 cents and your need was just 1 <clears throat> cent and you have earned 99 cents then that you know 1 cent lack that becomes the driving force you know, let me earn another cent and then you know so every indian that i have spoken to goes through this psychological trauma self inflicted psychological trauma <clears throat> and what is that trauma after 5 years you know what i am going to talk about right after 5 years i'll pack everything and then go back to india then they say okay i have already spent 5 years after the green card i'll go back to india then comes after the citizenship i'll have a better uh, scope then i'll go back to india some do attempt and within 6 to 8 months back to the pavilion come back oh it's so horrible there back there we again go there in with the attitude or idea that it should reflect exactly the same as we had left it 25 years ago i mean it is not a static environment that you have paused it and then you know everybody is just waiting and you enter in and then it starts becoming dynamic it is also a thri- throbbing uh, ecosystem and you go there go through the shock of okay i think i'm better off there everybody goes through that that focus which was there when you were earning 5 600 what happened nothing came in between you had to study you had to make sure that you meet your ends similar amount of focus why did i bring that example up when i say focus what amount of focus is required is that keenness with that focus how do you get that strength when the goal is clear you are constantly whipped up with inspiration that constant inspiration maintained is called satya parakrama
Gurudev puts it very beautifully. He calls it dynamic truth. That which keeps you constantly focused and moving forward. Satya Satya Parakramaha Nimishaha It's a very funny way of explaining God. Nimishaha To close your eyelids is called Nimishaha. All of you close your eyes. That is called Nimishaha. And not winking or not closing the eyes is called Animishaha. So, Paramatma is called both. Nimishaha, Animishaha. Now, what does it got to do with closing of the eyes or the opening of the eyes? When with that inspiration, you stay focused wherein nothing else distracts. And where is this focus? Nimishaha. When you turn introvert. That which you experience, that balance once you experience, Animishaha. When your eyes are open, you still stay rooted, focused, working from, abiding in that truth alone. Nimishaha. Animishaha api. See, when you learn your car driving, where do you learn it? Do you learn it on 161, 183? Some secluded parking lot. Some inner roads. Once you have practiced it, you cannot keep claiming that, you know, I am a good driver but only in a football field. Then you are a pathetic driver then. Sometimes you come across people who have lived in this country for 20, 15, 20 years and still drive on the side roads. Anything which crosses 40 miles per hour, they seldom get on to. I realize that because I was telling somebody that I will reach there in half an hour so I can see you there. No, Swamiji, next time you try, you know, making that as a point for our meeting, make sure you give me a heads up of at least an hour. Why? It's so close, you are the closest one, why do you need an hour? No, I don't take these uh, 635 or 161, I have to find all the back roads to reach there. All the traffic signals, all the... They still fear, right? They have not yet perfected. So here, the same kind is Nimishaha is when your your goal, where is that goal? Introvert. That is why whenever we come to any altar, invariably, we end up closing our eyes. So that we are trying to root into that core of our own being. But being into that core of our own being, you cannot remain with closed eyes. So what do you do? You abide so firmly that even if your eyes are open, 
you still are functioning as that satyatva and not getting caught in the asatyatva. Nimishaha, animishaha. <clears throat> then that experience of that Lord, so this is, he is constantly wearing. Here, Sragvi. Sragvi means the one who is wearing a mala. And his Pushpa mala that he wears, you know, he is also called Vanamali. There are various songs that we sing that he is wearing the Vanamala, Pushpa mala. It is of constant freshness. The, the flowers that we pluck out of our uh, backyard, by the end of the day, they wither away. But the Pushpa Mala that he is wearing, the fragrant Pushpa Mala that he is wearing, is ever fragrant, ever fresh. Maybe Paramatma is that ever fresh reality. That which is ancient, but yet that which is the most fresh. The fresh is again inadequacy of the words. That which can never be spoilt naturally remains fresh. There are five elements in this world, in creation of this world. Four elements become limiting. Earth, water, fire and air. These four elements cannot influence space. The space cannot be touched by any of these four elements. Now the consciousness which is subtler than space, can it be destroyed? Can that freshness be lost? Therefore, Paramatma is that which is ever fresh. There was once this devotee that I met <coughs> in Vrindavan. He is an amazing person to be with. And he has never studied, neither the secular studies nor the spiritual studies. But the first time that he met his guru, his guru was talking or describing in the first chapter of Bhagavad Gita, the chariot on which Bhagavan Krishna would be driving Arjuna around. Mahatis Yandana Syat. That was being described. And right since then, as if it was etched on his heart, he never crossed listening to anything else. That vision was so vivid in his eyes. And with the intensity that he meditated, he said the first experience that he had before he could see the Lord was, he says, the fragrance of the Vanamala. The fragrance of the flower. And he says, even if you can smell that fragrance of the Lord's presence, he says, your mind can never be deviated again. So, as funnily, when I asked him, I said, are you realized? He says, I have realized his smell. I am yet to see him directly. 
But he, he, his mantra or his chanting or his visualization is just that Krishna on the chariot. That fragrance of his Vanamala, he says it, it, it is so overpowering that nothing else, no other experience in the world can ever matter. One aspect of the meaning is that he is ever fresh. And the other aspect of it is that when Paramatmas even, you hear his sound or hear his smell, that much is more than enough to stay focused on that path. Nimisho Animishasragvi Vachaspati Rudaradihi Vachaspatihi Vachaspatihi He is the one who has complete control of speech. Vakpati becomes Vachaspati. <clears throat> Some people make a difference of this word into two different parts. Some call it as Vachaspatihi and Udaradihi. But here, the meaning in the most traditional way, it is one word Vachaspati. <clears throat> the one who is the eloquent establisher of Udaradhihi. Udaradhihi, the one who has the power of intelligence to establish balance, equanimity and the best part is impartially. One example that can be taken so that we understand Vachaspati Rudharadihi. Bhagavan Surya is worshipped by many of us. But when that Surya takes the natural course of expressing himself in the sunrise and you know, dies down in the sunset, he does not give his light and heat in a partial way. He gives it to the entire humanity. He doesn't say that, you know, pick and choose. That this fellow has done my special prayers. So let me send the special race. And this fellow doesn't do my prayers. Let me send the other race. Nothing like that. There is an impartial maintenance. The one who has the udaratva. Udaratva, the one who is the broad-mindedness. To be impartial and at the, at the same time be eloquent uh, establisher of dharma. So whenever we talk in terms of establishing dharma, whose job description is it? It is Paramatma's job description <coughs> to establish dharma in this universe. What is our job description? To realize that Paramatma. Once we realize that Paramatma as our own self, what do such realized beings become? Truly very the expression of that Paramatma in a walking, talking format.
isn't it? See, Gurudev's vision was, if this knowledge be given to everybody and everybody is empowered with this knowledge, the more and more people reaching to their own equipoise within, what will be the texture of this entire creation? Would it not be divine? You should have been here, you should have been here two days ago, because ex exactly the same thing was being said in another world, which we are trying to portray. No, this is basically to tell yourself. Once you tell it to yourself and that conviction is seen deep in our actions, kids, just following you. So, all that we have to do is put this ingrained into our system and those who we are supporting, they automatically get influenced, cannot be otherwise. Even in our Balavihar sessions, this is what is the uh, focus. Whenever I am talking about personal change and personal growth, immediately the inspired parent asks, how do I make sure that I, I, I take this knowledge to my children and make sure that they implement it? Then bring them, let them also listen to it. But the best way is, if I change, the environment around me changes. Therefore, the focus of all these thousand names is to turn and bring the attention of our mind and intellect to the core of our own being, constantly you know, bringing it to that center of our being. Through various definitions, to various ways of looking at it, there is not just one definition that this is it. There are different ways of looking at it and all of them are covered. There is no concept or there is no point left to understand Paramatma. These thousand names help us focus that way. So we will conclude and hopefully in June we will still continue with I have not released the dates for June yet because of the YUP course that has to be taken and there is a lot of heat of that activity that is gaining momentum. I have not yet released the dates but definitely I feel comfortable that we will have both Chitrakut and Saket uh, June event. So we will see another 40-50 names, pointers of the Lord again in June. <coughs> Om Purnamadaha Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya
ಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಾವಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತ್ ಶಾಂತ್ ಶಾಂತಿ ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ